I'll give you a little look back into Mobile, Missouri, where I came from. The old timers are just about gone. If you find one, they don't pay a utility bill, they pay a light bill. Because the only thing they had was a light bulb hanging in the center of the room with a string. And the only thing on there was light. They paid the light bill. We've come a long ways with uh, man's inventiveness that only God could allow. And, and I, <coughs> at, you know, getting closer to 88 than 87, <laughs> I can tell you, I embrace technology. Uh, on my writing room desk are two desktop computers. Close at hand is a, is a laptop. There's iPads next to my recliner. Uh, I embrace artificial intelligence. I embrace uh, technology. I embrace cell phones. I carry a smartphone, it's pretty stupid most of the time, but I carry it. But here's the thing, whether it's, if you don't manage your money, money will manage you. If you don't manage your appetite, your appetite will manage you. If you don't manage technology, technology will manage you. It's just the way it is. So the answer is right here. Strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you as well. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you do that, then uh, you're in a management position, and that's called stewardship. It's all stewardship. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to confirm what he's saying about technology and embracing it and using it, I was talking to someone about technology the other day at work, and I had mentioned that there's a mentor in my life that's, you know, 87, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> been in ministry 58. Oh, no, 60, I finished 60, 60, 68 or 69. Yeah, around 68 years of ministry. And so, I, But I was talking about communicating with him, like with an email or a text or something. They said, oh, yeah, I bet he doesn't need it. I said, no, he gets back to me as soon as I send it. He'll get back to me that day. I mean, unless he's just in the middle of some meetings or whatever. Yeah. And um, even for him to come here, I think we exchanged two texts, three texts, so yeah. really only one to set it up. But right. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's a wonderful thing if you manage it. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I come before you and I'm very grateful for today. I'm grateful for this man, God, that you've brought to us. I'm grateful for this new year, God. I'm just grateful for so many different things. Right now, Father, I pray that you fill our hearts with gratefulness that you set our minds at ease, that you fill Dennis with your spirit, Father, and push him out of the way, God, because we know that we get in the way. We know that it, we are not nearly as important as your Holy Spirit and the message that you have for us today. So, Father, I pray that you help us to receive that and take it, Father. In your son's name, amen. Amen. Because one of the things you should know that when the scoffers come, the scoffers that are coming are coming out of the church. You realize that the persecution that's coming is going to be coming out of the church, so-called church. There are these believers that are going, where's the promise of his coming? Where are all these things you talked about? We went and did these things. We, we gave to your mighty campaign, and God was supposed to bless us a hundredfold, and we listened to all these things, and they start to scoff. And they start to attack. And the places that they're going to attack, the places that they don't want to see, is where there is truth. The truth. 
God, the Holy Spirit. Because you can hear, and you may not understand the words, but you can understand the Spirit. Amen? And you know when His presence is here. And you can receive in the Spirit, perceive, receive, and move forward with His Spirit. Closer to Him than ever before. And you know what happens as we come with the Holy Spirit? We are all closer than we were before. Now we were close to Him in the personal and the private, but now as we gather together and we're all close to Him, isn't there some verse or something that talks about where two or three are gathered in His name? He's in the midst. You know God's here. Oh, so in preparation for today, which started at the beginning of time, <laughs> that's when God was preparing for today. Did you know that? God was preparing to meet us here today. But I said, how about transforming the world by proclaiming the truth? Would you like to join in? How many of you know the decision was made before I contacted him? Right? He was available. I knew he was going to be here. So I was like, yeah. It was just my little joke saying, you want to join in? Because <laughs> you know Dr. Collins. He's like, where, are, where do I need to be? I'm going to be there. I told him, you don't have to prepare a message or anything. Just come listening to and ready to share his voice. Right? I mean, if we can do that, if we can listen to him and share his voice, what I mean by sharing his voice, it's like in Sunday school class this morning where, you know, if you were committed Christians, you would have been there. But, um, no, <laughs> don't worry. The Chiefs play at 12, and I'll make sure I go past 12 so you can all say, we put God before the Chiefs. Amen. I, I, saw, I saw one of the posts on Facebook, and, the, and the, it was a guy at the pearly gates, you know, and he was a Chiefs fan. And uh, St. Peter, I don't know why it's always Peter at the gate, not Paul, but anyway. St. Peter is there, and he says, you know, you did pretty good, uh, except you had a language issue when the Chiefs were playing. And he had a response that I think would have been reminiscent of my da dad when he said that he needed some water. So he went to the place that blocked the water to get the water and the place that blocked the damn man. I just, I know there's kids around, so I don't want to say it all that. <laughs> get a comment, I said, share his voice. So in the Sunday school class, when, when you're sharing different ideas, different things that you're seeing in the scripture, you hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you, and then you share it. So like this morning, Dr. Collins was sharing about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Uh, and of course, you think about seeking. What does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? What does it mean? How do you obtain the kingdom of God? Well, it was in the song we sang this morning. It's like, would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. It's done what's necessary. Receive it. Take it. Isn't it amazing that God gives us so much mercy, so much grace, so much that we do not deserve... One thing you don't want is what you do deserve. Please don't ask God for what you do deserve. Because you know what we deserve? Separation. Hell, death, nothing. Thank God he gives us what we don't deserve. Amen. Eternal life. Righteousness. 
the ability to be in his presence like never before. And so to share his voice um, as he directs, and I said, I'll take care of the oversight. Just be ready to receive from the Father. And he said, we'll do. And I did share with him what I was planning on proclaiming. I know even Sylvia this morning was talking about, man, it's a new year. We need to pray a blessing over the place. We need to, you know, uh, dedicate to the Lord, right? So I, I shared this with Dr. Collins. This was actually the next day. This was on Wednesday. I said, I'm planning to make this proclamation. I'm created by God. He created me to be his child. He created me to do the works he prepared for me to do at this time. And and you know what I believe? I believe we're all created by God. I believe he created all of us and he has a purpose and a place for all of us. And he prepared work for us to do in the beginning. I I love Paul when he says, I want to lay hold of that for which God laid hold of me. God had a plan. Now, I know, we used to hear, God has a wonderful plan for your life. Right? As I got more mature, you know what I'd say? God will mess you up. (laughs) God's got a plan for your life, and it's going to be a wild ride. I mean, it's going to be, you're going to have to sacrifice things you like, you're going to have to get rid of you. You're going to change what you value. You're going to learn how to love people that are unlovely. I mean, God's going to mess you up. His plan <laughs> is not a comfortable one. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. <laughs> He fills the whole universe. That's funny. He can hold it in his hands. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You know, one thing that I've really found to be true is that maturity doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It takes commitment. And I, I really appreciate so much more now when Jesus says, and the focus in Scripture is, him who perseveres to the end. Amen? Because after doing some persevering, <laughs> I'm glad I'm still around. I'm glad I'm still in it. You, I know. You probably know people around you that aren't anymore. They're not serving God. I, I was talking to uh, Mary not too long ago. Not to Jesus' mother Mary. It was a different Mary. But uh, I was talking to her, and she was talking about like this friend that, you know, really she could have good conversations about God and all this stuff. Now is just sharing all kinds of stuff, and it's just it's somewhere else. There's this image maker that's out there. Uh, different names, Lucifer, Satan, the Beast, Dragon. But he's an image maker, and what he does is he makes pretty little visions for people to follow. You see, you've got pure white light, and it's pure white light. That's God. 
But if you can take something to block it a little bit, maybe you get like this piece of glass or some kind of thing, and you can make it shine different directions. You can change the wavelengths. It becomes all different colors. It becomes very pretty. You're like holding a gem up to the light. You go, oh, that's so pretty. Let me look at that. That is not what's pretty. That is not where the beauty is. The beauty is the light that's reflecting off. The beauty is that true, pure light that is God. His light is the life of man. I always liked... So I remember in the Ephesians when it talks about the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, God gives them as gifts for us to equip us to do the work that we're called to do. You know we're the ones that call it the work, right? We've gotten a little better understanding there's a kingdom of priests, the priesthood of believers, but there still seems to be a bit of a separation where we think it's the pastor, it's the evangelist, it's the, this one that does those things. No. They equip us to do the work in the community. And Dr. Collins has operated as an apostle in this area for some time. As a matter of fact, in Humansville, the church that I was at for, I don't know, I thought 10 years, Sylvia said 13 or something. I don't know. The building, the church that I was in, Dr. Collins taught the three or four individuals that started that church, that fellowship. He taught them on the Holy Spirit when they were still going to the Methodist church in Humansville. That led to that church where I was able to go and grow and experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in the place. I, I had to get out of Springfield to do that. <laughs> Springfield has a lot of the Holy Spirit there, but he also has a lot of people that know how to control the Holy Spirit there. And so Humansville is a beautiful place. It's actually high ground in the battles that are coming ahead. It is actually high ground in the kingdom of heaven. It is actually high ground in the days to come. The Blackwoods will be there to have a concert. Dr. Collins will be there to share his testimony. I don't know what day it's going to happen. I've just seen it for years. But now is the time to start proclaiming it and walking in it. In the same way, when someone's on their way to go to the doctor, last time I was here, they can be called forward and we're saying, we're believing this is going to work out okay. We're believing everything's going to be smooth. The report's going to be good. Everything's in place. No complications. And we start to see it and believe it before it happens. That's prayer. And so Dr. Collins, as an apostle, I want to recognize that. And I want to proclaim it. And I want to tell the story because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We happen to have access through this teeny little ministry you started. Little thing called Acts Ministry. Some kind of, what was it? Unity in Christ through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I know. Well, unity, comma, in Christ, comma, through the Holy Spirit. That's what it said in Ephesians, right? He's talking about equipping us so we come to that unity of faith. Well, we're in a time of revival. The revival is going to be in the dirt, not grassroots. But here's the cool thing. God's using this area. This place is going to be more of kind of a triage station. It's going to be a place where people come, get healthy. It's going to be a very special place. In some ways, even a private place. I told you about the revival in Smithton. 
They moved to Kansas City. The focal point's going to be Humansville. And the cool thing is, Branson has a lot of people think that they're the ones that are going to do it, and they're the ones that are going to bring it in, and they're going to So a lot of the goofballs that come out, when God really starts moving, you know goofballs come out when God really starts moving? I've seen it so many times. A lot of them will go to Branson. But anyway, praise God. So this is just the beginning of it. And all it is, is doing like Donnie said this morning. We're just embracing God and saying, God, more of you. I accept it. I accept righteousness. I accept that you created me. I accept you have a work for me. And we go and do it. Seeing Ward was the Assemblies of God minister for many years. He was a Canadian by birth and by citizenship. But for many years, he was the voice of uh, Revival Time broadcast, which was a national and international radio program from the Assemblies of God headquarters in Springfield. And C.M. Ward uh, was well known in his time throughout the world. Once on his broadcast, it is reported that he said something that might have been just a little bit out of line with the Assemblies of God teachings. And so the Assemblies of God governed by a presbytery, and they called him in to their office to get him to explain what he had said on the radio. And C.M. Ward replied simply, isn't it amazing what a man will say when he's under the anointing and he walked out? <laughs> Which means the anointing is the presence of the Holy Spirit. What a, what a wonderful answer. <clears throat> I hope that uh, you will consider at least the possibility that I may be about to speak under the anointing. Because this month, I conclude 68 years of ministry and begin year 69. I am very blessed to be able to report. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I am very pleased to report that uh, come this next June, I'll be 88. And uh, I have not slowed down in a noticeable fashion. I've been uh, in Lubbock, Texas for five days, been in North Missouri for two or three days, been to a Trappist monk uh, retreat to be interviewed by a Catholic monk for about four or five hours. Uh, I've been invited by the Mormons to uh, their Christmas show in Branson, and then right after that, uh, the Word of Faith people, the Prosperity Gospel people, had me speak to one of their conferences. So for an old Methodist boy, God still enables me to get around. I tell you that only to set the stage for what I really don't want to tell you. There's other things I'd rather tell you, but there's something I don't want to tell you, but according to the Holy Spirit, and I've struggled with this for about a week, that I am to tell you. And I'll, I'll add something before you do that, so give you a chance to hesitate for a minute. I've been there before. I've been like, no, God, I ain't going to share that one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and usually, yeah, it's about a week. I think I might have made it two back then. I was a little more stubborn. And finally, I'm like, okay, fine, fine. But I, what I wanted to say is, you know, the example he used of C.M. Warren, 
and, and this is where you'll hear the Father speaking through what he's sharing, that is also what he did. As the Holy Spirit anointed Dr. Collins, then he started Acts Ministry of Unity in Christ through the Holy Spirit. He was here helping with this building here, this land, this place that's set apart for God. It's set apart for God because God created it to be set apart for him. Okay? It's not anything anybody did here. It's recognizing that God said, oh, here's the place. Why not do what he does? Go where he goes. You know, say what he says. <laughs> if he says it's Jerusalem, hey, it's Jerusalem. He says it's Marshfield, it's Marshfield. He says it's Stephenville. Following that anointing then, and even this place, is no longer part of the Methodist group. Because under the anointing sometimes, things change. And in my opinion, it's more that they left truth. They left God. They left us behind. Not that you left. You left. And actually I had five years and one month of real joy here. And uh, it was because God was in it. Because I recall first Sunday being introduced by Donnie Crawford as I was trying to uh, tell the congregation a little about myself Jerry Hume was sitting back there by the door he raised his hand he didn't exactly make my day <laughs> he spoke up and I pointed to him yesterday. he spoke up and he said we heard you're a spiritual man you better be, or you'll never make it here. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't really want to make it here. And I didn't want to make it here until one day on our way to the church, I was counting how many Sundays I had left before I would be relieved of duty. And Nancy took one hand off the steering wheel and shook her finger at me and said, don't talk like that. You are where you're supposed to be because God has something for you to do. From that came the birth of an idea. It was a God idea for this building and this movie. But before that happened, <laughs> it became a joy to be with Prospect. And one Sunday morning, sitting on the front pew, which in the old building would have been right there, with Don Crawford. During the, either the opening or closing of Sunday school, one or the other, suddenly I heard from the Holy Spirit. And I don't expect anyone to remember this other than, than myself, but I remember standing up, interrupting things, and looking back at that congregation, the bulk of which at that time were like 25 to 35 years old. <laughs> and I said, the Holy Spirit has just spoken to me and said that the United States is going to break up into regions. And I sat back down. 2023, that will be 33 years ago. The ministry of Jesus extended 33 years. I have to tell you, be very alert in 2025. 
There's going to be turmoil that you have not expected. There's going to be tribulation that you've only heard about. That you're going to witness. And we already see the evidence that uh, the union in this nation is shaky at best. So what I heard coming up 33 years ago, I'm seeing it. I fully intend to see it and survive it and minister through it. Just this morning, I looked around and I realized that it's no longer a group that's 25 to 35 years old. <laughs> and this place is here for a purpose. And I believe I'm speaking God's thoughts when I tell you, now you must begin to do something. Mm -hmm. Or you will not be able, as Prospect Community Church, to handle what's coming upon this community and every community in 2025. To encourage you, I also saw something that was many years ago, at the time this building was under construction. I saw a great light that went up from this building and it not only penetrated dark clouds, but it scattered them out of sight. The prospect may be within just two years of needing to stand up and stand tall and really hear from the Holy Spirit. I've heard and I'm convinced and I pray that you hear. Amen. Um, and that you know, goes back to the light that I was talking about earlier. And I, did, I didn't know about that vision, but that's exactly the same thing that I saw that I was sharing this morning about the light, about truth. You know, a friend of mine, uh, Mike Matthews, he's uh, vice president of technology in Orwater Bruce University. I was visiting with him the other day, and he said, you know, absolute truth is absolute. And I bristled at it just a little bit. I'm, I'm trying to you know, digest it all. And it's like, yeah, absolute truth is absolute. Now, you can take things that are true and you can spin. There's a bunch of spinners out there. <laughs> it's not the platters they're spinning either. <laughs> you know what a platter is, right? Yeah. Okay. I know Dr. Collins does. It's a record. Um, oh, you don't know what a record is? It, it was a material that was able, no, it captured vibrations. There was like, it was like a plastic or whatever, and this needle, this like diamond needle, as you talked, would vibrate, and it would capture those vibrations. And then you could take that vibration and put it in the speaker, and you could hear your voice. Do you know the first record that was ever made? We call it the Ten Commandments. God took a stone, and he wrote on both sides of it, just like a record is double-sided. The vibration, the voice of God, the word of God was right there. 
And when Moses came down from the mountain, what did he find? Revelry. And what happened to that first record? It was broken. Can you imagine? If you take a holographic picture, you can see these three dimensions in this picture. You cut it into four, you'll have four identical pictures because all the information is in each of those little areas of possibility. That's the way it is with the Word of God. That's the way that first record was. Could you imagine if we had a piece of it? And of course, that's why God didn't save it because we tend to worship things that God's touched, things that he's done. It was so interesting the other last time that I came here I was looking at something that Jesus said and I was thinking that I should share it, but I really didn't want to. And then I realized it was on Hanukkah that he shared it. And Hanukkah was when they rededicated the temple. They, they found, you know, the heathen had overrun it and they found the oil and it lasted for eight days. And we don't have the time today, but we've got the story of when the oil didn't run out from uh, Pitt's chapel. Uh, they actually had that happen. But for eight days then the oil lasted and that was Hanukkah, the Feast of Light. And so it was exciting because what Jesus said there was, you know, they were getting mad because he was claiming to be God. And he said, well, what about what it says in the Old Testament? It says, you know, you are God, of the children of God, that you are God. And he said, you can't change scripture. Because when we're saying that God is our father, God is our creator, we're saying the creator created us. And that we're part of him, part of his body. What can't you do? What did Jesus say? The works I did, even greater, will you do? Why? Because he was going away to prepare this place that we can see. We can see we're looking to the future, right? We're pilgrims. We're looking to a future. But the future's active. He's building. So why don't we build toward him? Why don't we build the kingdom of God here and move toward him? And I believe, you know, you talk about 2025. I believe that this year and next, we have opportunity. It's going to be really good for us that are walking in the kingdom to be able to plant, to be able to grow, to be able to find ways to provide for needy because there's going to be a lot of needy. There was prophecies about people coming here from all over the country, even around the world, uh, given in Humansville that was confirmed by a traveling minister from Israel 20 years ago or something. And I, I can get the information to you, but as those people come, they're going to need help, they're going to need healing, they're going to need life, they're going to need love, they're going to need discipline. So what, if, if you're needing to be disciplined in your life, wouldn't it be good to have someone that's been kind of working on it for about 68 years or so? Not that he's mastered it. What a great person to help us to walk. In discipline of, and here's the beautiful thing. Okay, so I'm telling you, he's an apostle, and he's going to be working, and we're going to be working. You got your business meeting. You can see what the Holy Spirit speaks to you on what you guys are going to be doing. Um, you know, off the top of my head, gardens are a good idea, growing things, producing things. But anyway, the the cool thing about Dr. Collins and Acts Ministry is that it's not big. It's not out there. It's not recognized by people. So he's able to go to all these different places and minister as an apostle in a very humble, unassuming way and be able to do the ministry that he's called to do. And that's pretty cool. When I flew to Lubbock, <clears throat> I had to go through a special place rather than walking through the gates like everybody else was doing. 
because <coughs> I was in a wheelchair and uh, because I had three stints
as something as a task that I'm to, to be doing starting in 2023, but it's probably the biggest thing that I've, I've ever pursued on behalf of God. God knows how much Nancy and I love Prospect. That will never fail. And you're in our prayers without fail every evening. Every evening. You have been for years. And that will continue. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, um, you know, there's been a, a big battle. There's been things happening. There's all this going on. And it's like, here we come with this greatest treasure. Him. We say, here you go, guys. And by the way, you know, we're going to be praying with you. And maybe we'll help a little bit here as we go. But we just want you to know it's here. It's up to you. You know, I really feel like that. Now, when I when I was thinking about, again, the light, and when I wrote about it before you told me about it, because you had me write it before you did, I, I, I was thinking about how interesting it is to be able to see what's in the future and go, why doesn't anybody else see it? And so when you have that rare opportunity to meet someone that can see as well into the future, it's good to fellowship with them. And if you're fortunate, you may have someone that can mentor you, like I was able to have in that. The light, the life, the Word of God, uh, going back to Mount Sinai, going back to the commandments, going back to the people, being able to hear God, can you imagine they're able to hear God? We talked about today, what does it sound like? What are all these voices worship? What does it sound like? It sounds like rushing water. It sounds like a waterfall. It sounds like just all this noise of worship, of praise, of, of glorifying His name. And to hear the voice of God, to hear that thunder, you know, in Jesus' time, He spoke a few times out loud where they'd say, It thundered! You know, or it was an angel! Or maybe they were scared, or... You know what the Israelites did? They said, Moses, that's God. We don't want to hear him. You go talk to him. And then you tell us what he said. That wasn't God's plan. He wanted a kingdom of priests, which he had in Christ when that whole plan came about. But for them, it was, we don't want to hear. We don't, we don't want to know. We don't, we don't want. And it's like the voice of God is the most beautiful thing you can know. The most beautiful thing you can hear is the most beautiful thing you can walk in. And the voice of God says, come. Come if you're heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Come if you're hungry. Come if you're thirsty. Come if you're injured. Come if you're blind, I'll give you sight. Come if you're deaf, I'll give you hearing. Come and let that river of living water flow out of you to others. Because what we are to do is to be the ones that people can come to to drink of living water. Come to to feast of the manna from heaven. Come to, to receive healing and comfort and joy. And that's our work. My, uh, my final word for you is a word of encouragement because when I look around, there's a lot of people that I guess who used to be a part of Prophet and now in heaven. And, uh, and I miss them. But I've been instructed by the Holy Spirit uh, not to live in the past, but to be looking toward the future. And uh, back in 1979, Valentine's Day, 
my, my earthly father passed away in North Missouri at the age of 80. I've only had one, what they call, open vision in my life. I experienced the grace of God. We had been to Moberly, sat with my dad, and held his old rough hands where he worked hard all of his life with his fifth grade education and prayed for him. And we came home knowing that we'd be going back for a funeral. Nancy was working nights, just beginning at Maranatha, bottom of the totem pole. Ended up being top of the totem pole. You know, that's right. I wasn't asleep and I wasn't awake. I was in that in-between stage, lying there in bed. And I saw this black, black curtain just closing like this. But from the other side, I saw this white light coming. And it was bright and pure, not blinding. I can't describe it otherwise. Pure white, very bright, but not blinding. And it pressed against that black and pushed it out of sight. And then, truly, utter amazement, I'm watching because I see my dad walk up before the throne of Jesus. I saw Jesus, how he was dressed. I, I saw my dad, we affectionately called, his name was Joel, we affectionately called him Pappy Joe. My mother had been dead for many years. I saw Pappy Joe standing before the throne. And I was blessed to know this, that Jesus speaks to us the way we understand, because he spoke to my dad in a way that my dad could relate to it. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, well, Joel, I didn't My dad said, yep, I reckon I did. <laughs> Where is faith? That was my mother. And Jesus pointed stage left, and he said, well, Joel, she's right here. I saw my mother walk out on that stage wearing a print dress. She made her dresses out of flower sacks. She was wearing a print dress. She had a child on her head. Looked to be about 18 months old. I knew that was the brother who preceded me. He died way before I was born when he was 18 months old. His name was Sterling F.L. Collins. I knew that was my, my baby brother who had been dead for many years. And I heard my dad say, I heard my mom say, well, Joel, she, by the way, it's significant. She echoed the words of Jesus. She said, well, Joel, I see you made it. And my dad responded, yes, I reckon I did. And then he said, Faye, I have missed you. And she said, well, Joel, I miss you too. He said, Faith, it's been such a long time. And she said, no, Joel, here it was just yesterday. And then he said, well, I, I, I'm worried about the kids. And she said, well, Joel, they'll all be here. He said, well, Faith, that'll be such a long time. And she said, no, Joel, here, it'll just be tomorrow. It faded out. What I saw was not only how my mom was dressed, I saw how my dad was dressed. He was wearing a dark gray pinstripe suit. His hair was dark again, and he looked about 45. It took us a while, but during the night then, uh, before daylight, a cousin of mine, since we didn't have a phone yet, knocked on the door, and he let me know that Pappy Joe had passed away. So it took Nancy and me time to get a vehicle serviced and ready to make the trip 
by the time we got to Morley, now all of my siblings that, that survived childhood were still alive. Wilbur, Adelaide, Bob, and Bill. We sat around Bill's kitchen table and got ready to go. I didn't tell anybody anything except Nancy. We got ready to go to the funeral for visitation. I walked up to that open casket. My dad, dark hair, looked about 45. He was wearing a dark gray pinstripe suit that my siblings had purchased for him after his death for him to be buried in. That's not coincidence, folks. I was privileged to have an open vision and see into eternity and know without a shadow of a doubt heaven is real. I'm going to see Leroy again. And I'm going to see Bob Clifford again. And I'm going to I'm going to see, I'm going to see Ruby. I'm going to see all of those folks. And Gene, I'm going to see them all. And so will you, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's the key. He's the key. I was told the other day that organization is the key to 23. <laughs> yep. Get organized. Get ready. Jesus is either coming soon or you're going to go see him soon. Because God is in the forever. Jesus is in eternity, seated at his right hand, giving instructions to his construction crew, building mansions, getting them ready. Yours may be nearing completion. It's almost done. Almost ready for your inspection. Finishing touches being put on that mansion. We live in time from here to here. Time is running out. If you don't know Jesus, I mean really know him, like a man knows his wife, like a wife knows her husband. If you don't know Jesus, the best word I can give you is you need to know him now. You may not get to your earthly home before you are called to a heavenly home. Mm -hmm. Life is uncertain on this side of the grave. On the other side, you put all those worries behind you, for there there's no sorrow, nor tears, nor pain, or suffering. All those things will have passed away. But until then, <coughs> until then, my heart shall go on singing. Precious one, I don't know why, Dennis, but I have this feeling, just have this feeling that too often this message of invitation to really, really, really know Jesus and really, really, really hear from the Holy Spirit whom he said he would send to be our comforter. It's falling on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. It is. And there's some deaf ears under the sound of my voice right now. You've been warned and you've been loved. And Jesus is waiting. He's waiting. I guarantee you that there are some deaf ears. I also know that he gives ears to hear. And we're not even saying that it may be somebody in this building. You see, the voices that we're sharing, his voice is being captured. I have a digital recorder in my pocket and I will share it. 
as a podcast and it'll go out around the world. So the deaf ears may not even be in this building right now, but it's someone that's listening to the recording right now. And that's where he's talking about time. They're listening to us right now, but we're going to be somewhere else because they're going to listen in the future. This is something I wrote up. Today is the start of something new. Well, not new in one sense of the word. God's been getting this already for so long, right? It is time for the roots to bring forth fruit. Time for the roots to bring forth fruit. And so all the work that God has done up until now was to prepare us for today. Us here, today. I'll be working in the garden. It's going to be beautiful. We're going to have some storms come through. God reminding us, hey, there's a lot of storms out there. There's people going to get hurt in storms. There's people going to die in storms. It's nothing compared to the spiritual things that are going to be happening around us in this near future. Uh, we're in an area where we can do a lot. Praise God that we can bring forth fruit. It's going to be time to go and prune in the garden. And one of the things I learned from listening to uh, uh, organic gardener and stuff that really resonated with me is pruning brings forth growth. When you cut the branch, it's going to grow into two now. You know, it brings forth growth. So it's good when God's pruning us. It's good when he's convicting us. It's good when he's changing us because here's what you're going to have to do. Rest in his righteousness and not yours. I'm always anxious. I've always been anxious. I'm always like, oh, there's something else I do. There's something else I know. I don't look like this. And I realized it was a few months ago. I started getting such pain in my back. And I'm just like, I stuff. And I'm like, what is going on? It's like I had this feeling on my back. Keep telling me you got to do something else. you got to go here. you gotta, you got to hurry. you got to go. you got to go. You don't have time. And it's like, wait a minute. Oh, hey. Oh, rest in God. What was the service going to look like today? God's going to speak. <laughs> What's going to happen tomorrow? We either answer what he said and do what he's called us to do or we don't. Pray an anointing, a dedication of this place, this land. You know it's God's land, right? Can you imagine? I, I thought about like what it, you know, being in a battle and you're like raising the flag. Like, you know, you see the picture from, uh, where is it? Was it Vietnam? The, the soldiers raising the flag and... Or was it World War II? Yeah, you know. And you're, you're like up on top of the hill, and you've finally taken this hill. And you're like, we got victory. We own the hill. And then the king comes up behind you, and you go, you know what? <laughs> it's not my victory. It's his victory. It's not my hill. It's his hill. Hey, king, what do you want to do? I fought these battles. I've, gotten, I've lost some. But I'm here now. You got me to this hill. Okay, it's all about you. It's just the beginning what he's going to do. Imagine some little nothing becoming Jerusalem. And what if he came to the Middle East? Imagine a, a country that didn't exist being a country again and blessing all the way. That's God. And so, uh, if you'll pray a blessing or if there's anything else the Father wants you to share. And Yeah. Uh, right here at this church, the place not that flat.